morning, everyone. It's Todd and Julie with Chrisley Confessions. I know. Did y'all miss me last week? You know, Julie, I have to tell you, I'm not quite sure because there were so many callers. I mean, Chase shut down, literally shut down the phone lines. What? Yeah, there were so many people calling in. Now, granted, they were pretty much 99% female calling in to talk to Chase and find out what was going on in Chase's life. Oh, my gosh. Well, then I don't know that I'm going to let him come back because he might. Take replace my place. You. Replace me. Yeah, I can't even No speak. one's going to replace you because I don't want him to be my co-host all the time. Okay. So tell me what's been going on in your life. It has been super busy. We just crowned a new Miss Florida USA and Miss Florida Teen USA for 2019. And they are stunning. They are stunning inside and out. I have to say, I mean, we got so lucky and we're so blessed with our 2018 winners, which was our first year as the director of the state of Florida for the USA system that I didn't know if we were going to top it. And I still don't know if we're going to top them. But I will tell you, we got two amazing young women so I'm looking forward to seeing what the year brings. I really am. Um, and then headed to L.A. for our Miss California USA and Miss California Teen USA. So you are busy. I'm busy, busy, busy as a little bee. So, so. you and Savannah have kind of taken this you know, USA directorship very, very serious. Absolutely. I feel like these are like all my kids after the week. I mean, I got to go down and spend um, five, six days with them. And, and I was there for orientation. I was there for, you know, all the dinners. I was there, went in, into rehearsal. We had one of our teen girls who had a medical issue. I had to take her to the emergency room. So I got to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with her. So I do feel like you just kind of take these as your as your kids almost. And I, I do enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to the California pageant because this will be our first year, hopefully first of many. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad that you and Savannah are making a, you know, a huge success out of that and uh, that you enjoy all this pageantry. I think that so many people get confused that who who actually in this family loves the pageants because people think that it's tied when it's really when it's, oh, it's really me and savannah it was really savannah i love it though and i love making it a positive experience for the girls i think our greatest compliment was the number of girls who signed up after not winning the pageant but have already signed up for next year because it was such a positive experience for them. They had fun. They met new friends. We kept them busy. We kept them entertained. So I would say it was a success. Well, good, good. So tell me what else. I mean, what are the, what are some of the things that's been going on, you know, that people have been reaching out to you on social media? I mean, people were, Savannah has just started South Beach Diet. And she posted, was it this past week? I think it yes. was this past week. Yes. She posted about it, and so many people attacked her on her social media, on her Instagram, that she's thin, that this is BS, she's just doing this for the money, she's blah, 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 blah. First of all, Savannah doesn't need South Beach Diet's money. Second of all, 
Savannah is constantly looking for another healthy, alternative way of living her life. Savannah is probably the healthiest of all of us. She works out. She does watch what she puts in her body. But, you know, she... What was it? I think she had gained, what, 10 pounds or something? Well, she had because Savannah was having some medical issues, some female issues, and she was put on medication. And part of being diagnosed with endometriosis and the medication that she was put on caused her to gain weight. So she had gained a few pounds. And because she chose to partner with a company that is amazing and I have it's the sister company to Nutrisystem so I believe in it wholeheartedly and she's super busy so for her the South Beach was a way to have prepackaged food she didn't have to think about she could grab them throw them in her bag and go there's always going to be haters out there and that's why I don't and I hate to say this but people that, that have negative comments to say that's none of my business what they say because I know who I am. I know what I do. And like I told her, do you feel good about it? Yes, mom, I do. We felt good about it. And that's all that matters. I mean, she's not hurting anybody. No one's forcing anyone to do, whether it's South Beach, Nutrisystem, whatever. We're merely saying this is the path we've chosen. We have had good results from it. We know the company. We know what they stand for. We believe in them. But you can take that information and do with it what you want. No one's forcing someone to do it. I think that that's what pisses me off sometimes about social media. Women want to talk about that men are oppressive and men push women down. I see it quite the opposite. Men can just sit back and be lazy and let women take women out. Because when you look at some of the comments that women make to other women on social media, it's absolutely laughable at times. And you understand that when you say something to another woman that is disparaging or that tears down her self-esteem, that this is your sister in Christ. This is another woman who has the potential of going out here and doing great things in the world that may be able to open doors for women that are going to come behind her. So I don't get why women are so catty and will attack each other for no reason. I mean, Julie, you're a woman. Tell me. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with what you're saying 100%. That I've seen many, many women who were thin. That doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. Right. That doesn't mean you're eating the right food. You could not be eating anything. With her South Beach diet, she's eating a healthy, healthy portions. She's putting healthy things into her body, and she's going to see great results from it. So, you know, let people hate all they want. Who cares? Well, you know that I don't. So with that being said, folks, um, I think that I ruffled a few feathers last week with Chase. There were some callers that, you know, that called in and was talking about, um, you know, relationships and step-siblings and whatever, how I'm going to respond to that is, is if you don't like what I have to say on our podcast, there are so many other podcasts out there that you can listen to. You don't get to tell me what my truth is or how I get to express it. And if you were offended by something that I said because it hit too close to home for you, 
then that's an issue that you have. Stop hiding in the shadows, waiting for someone to find you out, because guess what? Obviously, I already have. So I see my life the way that I see it because I live it. And through my experiences in life I'm, as, as a 50-year-old man, I've had a lot of heartache. I've had a lot of joy. I've had a lot of happiness. I've been rich. I've been poor. Rich is better. But at the end of the day, there's been a lot of struggle in my life. And there will continue to be struggle in my life because God does not promise us that every day is going to be easy. But he does tell you that he will not forsake you during the times of need and during the times of turmoil and chaos and heartbreak. So I'm going to continue to tell my truth on our podcast, Chrisley Confessions, and if it offends you, then you well, get to turn it off. what in the world did you say? Oh, well, hell, I don't even remember what I said. I mean, I just know that there was a couple of emails that came in that said that, you know, they didn't like the way that I approached, you know, certain things and that they didn't agree with it. So okay. there you go. I've given them all and I'm well, going to give And you know what? Them. And I believe when you can get to a place where you can agree to disagree, you can have healthy discussions, people don't have to have the same views. People don't have to look at things the same way to be friends, to discuss topics, to to discuss issues going on in the world. I think a true sign that you have reached a level of maturity, that you are confident in your own beliefs, is when you can have a discussion with someone who believes totally different than you. You have that discussion, you get up from the table, and you don't feel any differently about no, that person. No, we just had that happen, you know, with someone, you know, exactly. what, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, exactly. And we had completely different political views and kind of religious we, views, religious views and political views and where we see this country going. And, you know... So, I mean, I bet you I've had over a thousand people hit me up on social media wanting to know what I think about the government shutdown. Well, I mean, it's our president. So whether we agree with him or not, as a citizen, you know, of the United States of America and as a voter, regardless if it's a Democrat that's in the House or it's a, you know, a Republican in the, that's in the House, regardless of what side the president falls on. I feel we have to, as an American citizen, we have to support our president. We have to support our country. And you don't do, have to have the same views. You don't views. have to have the same views, and we don't. No. We don't have no. we don't have a but, lot of the same views. But you have to but I do feel like as an American we have to support our president. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think we have to, you know, find a solution. Help well, find I mean, a solution. People are all But I mean hell, I mean at the end of the day, when the government's running, it's screwing up. So, That's I mean, listen, true. I think that this is just a holiday. It's a vacation from all the mistakes well, that's been made in the past. But my thing is, there are people out here that cannot afford to go without a paycheck. So, for that reason, we need to find a happy medium, find a common ground that can get people back working and back working and getting a paycheck. Because at the end of the day, this is their job. They've got families to feed. They've got car payments. They've got mortgages. And they need to be able to support their families. Well, you know, I think that, you know, so many times people are constantly asking us, what are your political views? Where do you stand? What side of the fence do you fall on? I'm going to tell you here today what side of the fence that I fall on. I am fiscally conservative. And I am extremely liberal when it comes to people living their lives as they see fit, as long as it does not infringe upon someone else in this world. You have the right to choose how you want to live. What you don't have the right to do is to allow your choice to impede upon someone else's way of living.
Again, we're fiscally conservative, but we're also extremely liberal in our in our way of believing that God created us all equal. Whatever you view me doing that you think is a sin is not a sin you're going to have to atone for. It's one that I'm going to have to address when I meet my maker. I go to bed at night knowing that I've, I've done nothing to harm anyone d- during the day. I have tried to be better today than I was yesterday. I give thanks and I give all the glory to my Lord and Savior. I do not want my beliefs to ever impede upon anyone else. And I think that we're always about, what is it that Chad says about us, that we're very um, welcoming that we're very welcoming to all cultures, to you know, to, to new people that we've never met. We want to embrace our brothers and sisters in this world. And if we can help lift someone up, that's what we want to do. We don't have any desire to use our political beliefs to to oppress anyone. So I think that I've said enough about about politics. We need to move on. Let's move on before someone gets pissed off and sends me another email. Let me just tell you about something I did this week. One thing I do love and everyone knows I've talked about this before, is Poshmark. Oh, here we go. So you and Savannah now mama's I doing it. just got an amazing pair of Chanel earrings for $150. Yes, I did. I'm not lying. That is the honest to God truth. sometimes I think she lies to me about this stuff when I see it popping up. Because no, you have been because you have been known to lie to me about well, what you pay for stuff. But that is true. Instead of buying things new, you can shop from millions of closets across America. Think about all the people that buy stuff on a whim, expensive things, name brand things. They wear them one time or they don't even wear them. So you can download the free Poshmark app. Poshmark carries women's kids and men has tons of brands to shop from again i told you i just bought chanel i bought a louis vuitton purse one time i bought some louboutin boots from there you won't believe the deals you'll find on poshmark it's the easiest way to buy and to sell fashion items so if you've got things that you want to sell that you either bought and don't wear or they're in good condition you can do that shipping's easy for both the seller and the buyer and super fast you see something you want you can also make the seller an offer you might not even have to pay what they have written out there You can share your Poshmark items with people all across the country, and they can share with you. So listeners for Chrisley Confession get $5 off your first purchase. Just enter the invite code CONFESSIONS5 when you sign up. That's invite code CONFESSIONS5. Go download your free Poshmark app and let me know what you find on there. First caller, please. Hi, Todd and Julie. Um, I listen to your podcast. Um... My name is Tegan. I'm 21. I'm in college. Um, I'm from Gallatin, Tennessee. And my question was, is my sister is 18 and she's getting married. It's whatever. And I do a lot for her and she never says thank you. And so it really just hurts my feelings because in my eyes, like if I do something for you, I don't expect anything back but a simple thank you. So I was just wondering, like, if you guys think I should just, like, stop doing for her or if I should just keep doing it and just one day she'll come around. And then I have a second part. She's having a bachelorette party, and she's only 18, and I'm the only um, 21-year-old. And they're all wanting to drink alcohol at a hotel room. I said, can you guys, like, please not do that because I'd like to be there, and I don't want to be responsible and get in trouble for underage drinking. 
because mine and my sister's relationship isn't the best. And so I wanted to be able to build with her and her and the bridesmaids before the wedding, and they're all still wanting to drink. And they all said that it would be fine, that nothing would happen, but I don't really want to put myself in that situation, and it hurts my feelings a lot that they would rather jeopardize my future so they can drink alcohol. So if you guys could just, could just like, give me opinions on what you guys think and what I should do, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Tegan. And we love you in Gallatin, Tennessee. Uh, first off, let's just kind of hit this straight on, then I will let Julie be the softer approach because we all know that I'm the bull in the china shop. You, first of all, your sister needs to learn how to say thank you before she says I do. If she can't say thank you, which is just a common courtesy, a gesture showing appreciation for something that someone else has done for her, then she's too young to be saying I do. Second, if you cannot legally drink in this country, I don't think you ought to be going out here and getting married at 18 years old. If you cannot walk into a bar and order a drink, you shouldn't be able to walk into a courthouse and get a damn marriage license. That's so true. I mean, it's just, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. And your sister is acting like a typical, selfish, self-centered Baby of the family, second child, because you said you're 21, she's 18, and she's not used to being told no. Well, let me tell you something, Tegan. She's clearly not concerned about your future or about the consequences that are going to happen if one of these girls dies of alcohol poisoning or if one of these girls get hurt, drive, gets hurt driving home or falls down a flight of stairs. Guess who's responsible? The person who provided the alcohol. So my advice to you is if your sister is damned and determined to get on this train to destruction, you don't have to pay for a ticket to get on that train. You can say, listen, sis, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I love you. You're my sister. You want to get married? Your choice. The country says you can do that. The law says you can do that. What the law also says is that I cannot be providing alcohol to a minor and you are a minor. So I'm happy to come and hang out with you and your bridesmaids and whatever. But if y'all are going to be drinking, I'm out of the room. I'm out because I'm not going down for you. So you go and provide alcohol to him. Your sister's leaving for a honeymoon. You're leaving for a jail sale. So you need to remember that, Julie. I totally agree. And I just believe that your sister is acting very immature right now. I Which mean, is she's why acting she shouldn't like get married. an 18 year old child. So, in my opinion, no, she is nowhere near ready to get married because, A, it sounds like she just wants to party and be a teenager. First of all, she's not old enough to be out here drinking. And to put you in that position as her sister is very selfish. But according to you, she's already shown that she's selfish by everything that you do for her, and she never shows any appreciation for it. So I would say, absolutely, this is your sister. A, you are the older sister, so you should be an example. And whether she likes it or not, she might get mad at you, and she might not talk to you for a while. But you need to be that example for her and say, listen, I love you. You're my sister, but I refuse to allow you to treat me this way. I refuse to allow you to put me in a situation where I could get in trouble. Because if you truly loved me and cared about me, you would never do that. So what you're saying is create boundaries. Absolutely. Which is what we live by. So I hope, I hope that that helps you. Call us back next week or call us back in the, in the future and let me know how this bachelorette party worked out. Thanks. Next caller, please. This is Letitia Vincent. I'm calling from southwest Louisiana. 
I appreciate your show. I appreciate the advice that y'all give. I love your family. I love your faith. And my question is, my daughter is fighting some anxiety. She's 15 years old. I have strong opinions towards medication because I come from a family full of addicts. And I'm a recovering addict. I've been clean for about 12 years now. If you could give me your thoughts, thank you very much. Hi, Letitia. First of all, I want to say thank you for watching our show and listening to our podcast. And, um, you know, anxiety, these social, these issues are so unbelievably prevalent in today's society. And I'm hearing more and more and more about it. Uh, Young kids, young adults, teenagers battling depression, anxiety. I mean, we have to make a change. I truly believe this country has to make a change because I never knew anybody growing up that had anxiety. Or maybe I did, and I just you know, didn't I just know what think, it was. I don't think that it was diagnosed then. I don't think that people was, you know, it's to me, to me today, these diagnoses are handed out just like candy. You know, like, you know, when we were growing up, you went to the dentist office, you had these little treasure chests, you could just reach in there and grab whatever you wanted out of it. That's kind of what these diagnoses are today. And pharmaceutical companies are, they are literally skyrocketing because these doctors continue to administer these meds that really... A good conversation or with some of these kids, a very firm hand and a consequence would take care of what the pill's not taking care of. Right. So, you know. And, I, we're, and listen, I want to preface that by saying that neither Todd or I have any kind of medical training. We are not a doctor. We are not going to prescribe. We're not going to diagnose. This is strictly our opinion. So for that, I think I think we have to preface this answer by saying that. Yes, Letitia, let me preface that I'm not a doctor. I'm not Dr. Todd. So I'm going to give you straight up from the streets, growing up, real life approach to this. You come from a long from a family full of addicts. You are a self-professed addict yourself, clean for 12 years. You now have a daughter who is struggling with anxiety. Why not try therapy? Why not try building her self-esteem? Why not try enrolling her in things that's going to give her some self-confidence to where she can kind of overcome some of this? I just feel like that medicine should be the last choice. I remember, you know, in raising Kyle, you remember when they first said, you know, Kyle was, what was it, ADD? Uh ADD, and and they said, you know, you got to put him on medication. And what did I say? No. I said, no, I'm not putting my kid on medication. I'm not doing that. And... I ended up putting him on medication for what, maybe six months, maybe six months. And then I took him off because I did not see that drastic turn and I wasn't going to have my kid acting like a zombie. So for me personally, I feel like the less medication we can take, that that's better for us. Well, there's many holistic approaches now. Um, And I agree with you, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, that there are other avenues. And I think that you have to find great support and great help, whether that's a medical doctor, whether that's a psychiatrist, whether that's a psychologist, whether it's a family therapist. I think there are many different avenues. And, you know, we are thinking about you. We're praying for you because, listen, we know that it is not an easy road. But I would also, I would really encourage you a healthy lifestyle, working out, keeping her active, 
getting her proper counseling and enrolling her in programs that are going to help build her self-esteem, which is ultimately going to give her more confidence. And that will alleviate some of that anxiety. So I hope that that gives you as good an answer as what Julie and I are capable of giving you. Next caller, please. Hello, I'm Madison, and I love your show. But I really need some advice on what to do if your parents are fighting, because I think they don't want that to happen. Thank you so much, and I love your show. Madison, bless your heart. You know, Julie and I have arguments and, you know, we have always tried to make sure that if we had an argument or a mis- you know, or a a very heated conversation that we try to do it in the privacy of our of our bedroom or in the car. And you know, but there have been those moments that Grayson has heard me saying, "Okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not hearing it anymore." And it's normally an argument, hon, over other kids in our family, you know, of I've just had enough. And Julie has more patience with that. So, Madison, honey, this is not your cross to carry. This is not your burden to bear. You're a child. And no child should ever be made to feel as if their world is going to fall apart. And, you know, Grayson did that, you know, came and said, y'all were arguing. So does this mean that, you know, that you're going to divorce because I have friends whose dads have left? I mean, and what did you tell him? <laughs> I, I just told him, no, that's not going to happen. But Madison, what I want you to hear, honey, if you don't hear anything else that we say, we don't know your situation. But I know I can hear that you're hurting and I can hear that you're upset. So what I would say is that I know that your mom and dad love you so, so much. And whether they are stay married forever or whether they divorce, it doesn't change how they feel about you. So maybe, I, and I hope and I pray that maybe you can talk to your mom or talk to your dad. Um, I don't know how know old how you hurting. are. I don't know how old you are. I don't know any of the circumstances around your situation. But I will tell you that, you know, I know it's it sounds and it feels like it's the worst, you know, time of your life. But it will get better. And know that your parents, regardless, I know, I know that they love you. And I think, Madison, honey, you know, when you get into an argument, an argument with a sibling or you get into an argument with a friend or whatever, you have that outlet to be able to express that. Well, mom and dads, they need to have an outlet to express how they feel. And being a mom and dad is hard. You know, you don't have to worry about a mortgage or a house payment or, you know, paying the power bill or any of those kind of things you don't have to worry about. And that stress is on your mom and dad. And, you know, I just feel like that, you know, I would love for you to go to your mom and dad and let them know how you feel and how this is hurting you and talk about it with them and make them aware that when they when you hear them fighting like this, that you believe that it's the end of of what uh, of your world as you know it. So, you know, please call us back next week and let us know how you're doing, because, I mean, now I'm going to worry about you because it's like you've become one of my children. So we love that you love Chrissy Knows Best, and we love you for calling in Madison. And that's Chase's middle name, by the way. So call us back next week. Love you. Next caller, please. Hi, Todd. Hi, Julie. This is Tara from Kentucky. First off, I'm a huge fan of your show. But my question is, how do you, Julie, as a mom, let go 
of your child. My child is 17. He's a senior in high school. He's going off to college to another state. And I'm having a really hard time just letting him go. I can't pack up and move like Todd had you do. <laughs> but how do you, like, just step back and be like, you know, I've got to let him go? You know, And I have another child. I have a 13-year-old, and she's constantly saying to me that um, her brother is my favorite or I love her brother more than her. I don't. It's just he's my first. So how do you step back and let go? And my second question is, my best friend, her son got married, and her wife, his wife doesn't want anything to do with my best friend. And she tells me that one day I'm going to see it, because I'm like, why don't you speak up? And she says, one day you're going to see your son and you are not going to be as close as you think you are. And that just really hurts me. So how do you prepare yourself for that? And how do you just let go from a mom's point of view? Thanks. Hi, Tara. Um, you know, I think I probably still deal with some of that letting go. Um, you know, Chase was my first baby. And he's 22. And there's still times when he walks out the door that I just cringe because I want to protect him or I can see that he's about to to make a bad decision that I, I can't stop you know now he is he's, he's a young adult and you only have so much control at this point because they are young adults so uh, you know I think it's something that as mothers we struggle with I struggle with Chase I struggle with Savannah heck I struggle with Grayson because he's 12 and going through puberty and I know I can see what's coming down the line that he's gonna go and Grayson will probably be my one to go off to college he really wants that college experience and talks about it even now you know he wants to go to school and he wants to experience all these things so I know that's coming so I would love to say that I have this magical answer that's going to make you feel wonderful about your son going off to school, but I don't. What I can tell you is to be thankful that he sounds like he's smart and healthy and he's going off to college, which is a great thing. He's he's going to pursue his education. And you have to know that, you know what, it's just a part of life that they're going to grow up and they're going to go off, they're going to do their thing. So I'd say cherish the time that you have with him now because once he leaves, it is different. And know that you've got a 13-year-old daughter that she's just, Lord, she's just getting started because she's 13. So you're going to have your hands full with her and know that, you know what, he's always going to be your baby. He's always going to be your firstborn. And trust me, he's going to need his mama. And he's coming back. Exactly. He's never going to leave his mama. You know, let's just address the elephant in the room. A mother is normally closer to her son than she is her daughter at certain phases of your right, life. Right, absolutely. Because you and Savannah, you've always been Team Chase. Always. Right. And I've always been Team Savannah. Yeah. But as they get older... It does change. Mine and Chase's relationship, which I've always had a great relationship with Chase, but our relationship has changed and it's moved more towards a... 
one guy to another. Right. And yours is you're now dealing with a, a young woman. Right. You know, absolutely. You're looking at her as a woman. So right. your relationship changes and it evolves. And that's as God intended. Absolutely. It is. And as for um, your friend's son getting married and, you know, I mean, I do see it. I see it with my friends who have older children than what I have that have gone off married. And a lot of times, you know, when it's your son, he marries a girl. A lot of times they want to cling to their family. And it's hard. It's a struggle. I mean, I have a dear friend and her son is married with children. And, you know, they split up times. Well, she vacations with them one Thanksgiving and the next Thanksgiving they're with the daughter-in-law's family. And so you have to make those concessions. You have to bend a little bit. And hopefully your son will marry someone that you love and who will just become like a daughter to you. And that's what my prayer is, that I hope Chase doesn't get married, oh my gosh, for another 10 years. But I hope when he finally does decide to settle down, that it is with someone that I can love just like I love my children. So that's what, you got anything to say about that? You know, I just think that if you've raised your child and been there with them every day of their life and you've done the very best by them that you can and you've always given them a sense of safety and security, you're not losing that child. I mean, I had your fear, you know, when my kids started leaving. And, you know, listen, it it all works out as it should. So take it from someone who was truly consumed with every breath that each of my children took that it all works out as God intends. You're going to be fine. He's 17. He's going away to college. He's going to make stupid mistakes. And you know why he's going to make those stupid mistakes? Because he knows that he's got a solid foundation that he can return to. Next caller, please. Hello, this is Maria from Florida. Todd, I want to commend you uh, for taking the responsibility of your two kids when you and your wife divorce. My dad did the same thing with my brother and I, and you guys both put your kids in a better situation. Now, my question is, what would you recommend me to do? I work full-time, a typical 9 to 5, and then in the afternoon and at night, I go to school. I'm about to enter the bachelor's program for early childhood education, which it's going to require me to do 80 internship hours per semester. Now, I would have to leave my job, and I still have a pretty expensive car note. I don't want to leave the burden on my dad because he is a single parent, and he does everything else for my brother and I. And I also don't want to do student loans just because teachers, they don't really make too much money, so I would hate to have another big debt. Thanks. (sighs) Maria, um, I think it's a very simple solution, probably one of the more simple ones that, I, that I've had the pleasure of answering today. Sell the car. If you've got an expensive car note and you know that you're entering into a profession that is not going to pay you what you're worth, because I think that teachers are some of the most, you know, underpaid, underpaid undervalued, disrespected professions in our country, which speaks volumes about why kids are behaving the way they are. Um, I think that you should sell your car. I think you should buy a less expensive car and go to school and do what you need to do. And when you leave school, you know, you're going to be on a tight budget anyway with a teacher's income. I think that you sell the car and then, you know, prioritize what matters most to you. And I hope that it's your education and not the car. 
Absolutely. And I think it's great that you're going to be able to go to school and not have that student loan debt because so many people work and struggle every day to pay that back, which I believe there needs to be some reform there. I think that the government, you know, listen, we give away so much now for for, for stupid shit that I don't even agree with. I feel like that teachers, if they come out with student debt and they sign on, you're like with a nurse, like with nursing and with hospitals and nurses, if you come there and work, they forgive your debt or they pay your debt off. Right. I think that the government should step in because these people are teaching the future of this country. Absolutely. If you commit to a school for five years, there should be a certain amount of your debt. Wipe clean. That's wiped out. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of where I stand with it. But sell the car. You brought up a good point. The car and driving. And how many of you are driving in your car right now? You have a commute. Listen, when I lived in Atlanta, I had an hour commute to my kids' school in the morning, sometimes an hour and a half in the afternoon. So could listening make you a better parent, a better leader, or even a better person? Could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? Could listening inspire you to start something new? There's never been a better time to start listening than on Audible. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mystery, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now with originals, these selections have gotten even more custom with content made for members. So I actually picked a book from Audible. I got this book off of Candace Cameron Bure's Instagram, who I absolutely love. And my book, I wanted this book and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use my Audible app because you actually download it and it's yours. Emptied, which is embracing the fullness of a poured out marriage by Winter and Jonathan Pitts. So this is the book that I'm listening to on Audible. So you put it in your car when you're traveling. You know, we don't need to be having our phones in our hands when we're driving anyway. So you can listen on your phone. You go to audible.com slash cc or text cc to 500-500 and listen for a change. So you get your first audiobook free along with two selected Audible original titles and exclusive fitness programs when you start a 30-day trial. So take the time to listen on Audible. Just visit audible.com slash cc or text cc to 500-500 to get started. So you mean to tell me that if I write a book, it could be on Audible and then they could listen Absolutely to me? Absolutely it could. It is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audio books and other audio products. Users can sign up as an Audible listener, which gives them book credits each month for a low monthly fee. Customers download their choices and can access them on their iPhone, Android device, Fire tablets, iPod, or other MP3 player. If you write a book, then maybe it'll be on Audible. Who knows? Well, I mean, you know that I'm writing a book, so, so, I mean, there you go. So, hopefully we can listen to it on Audible going down the road. Next caller. Hi, Todd and Julie. This is Ashley from Dayton, Ohio, but I have a question. So, um, I'm recently engaged. I um, was engaged, got engaged on Thanksgiving, this past Thanksgiving. Wedding day is August 31st, 
of this year. And so my bride, my maid of honor, my sister, and my fiancé both seem to think that I can be a little controlling. Um, I just like things to be done a certain way, and I am a firm believer that there is a right, or, right and wrong way to do things, and if there isn't, there is a best way to do things, and I just like to do it the best way or the right way. And they don't seem to always like it. Um, so I just wanted to know if that is a huge problem or if it's something that they need to just get over with and deal with or if there's a way to, I guess, tone the controllingness, if that's a word, back. Um, how to do that? Thank you. I love the show. Bye. Uh, I don't know. Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Yes. I mean, I've never had a problem with control. So, I mean, I don't know how to address this. Uh, no, he's never had a problem with control because he's always just controlled. Well, I mean, Ashley, I feel you because I know the right way of doing it. So I don't have patience if you can't do it the right way. I just need you to step aside and let me get it done. So... I mean, I think it's if you want your life to be perfect and you know the way to get there. It's not going to happen. There is no such thing as a perfect life. And let me tell you something about being controlling. And Todd, if you're honest, I think you will agree. Maybe, maybe not. Being a control freak is exhausting. So exhausting. And Julie can tell you this because she is this way. <laughs> no, I can tell you this because I'm married to one. Wow. So I get that, you know, sometimes it's just easier to do things on your own because you feel like you do know the right way and, and the best way. And if I've got to teach somebody, I can just do them. Right. I think a lot of it is approach. It's the way that you say things and do things. You can still be in control, but you don't have to take such a harsh outlook. You don't have to be so harsh to people. Um, so I would say, you know what? You're going to be in a new marriage. You don't want to put undue pressure on your spouse and on your family because you need your family. So I would say, you know what? I, I agree with fighting for the things that are truly the, the deal breakers. But you know what? There's things that you just can give up that control on. And it'll be, it'll be better for everyone. Don't you agree? Of course you do. Uh, oh, and as we're talking about controlling and you're answering the question that you asked me, I think that I have been responsible for always making sure that everything was right my whole life. And it's a hard thing to break. But I will tell you that at 50, something happened in me and I just got to the point where, you know what, you don't want to follow my lead. That's why there's freeways. You can get off the exit. <laughs> and I'm going to keep on my path. You wanting to do it your way is not going to change how I'm going to do it. Let's see who finishes first. Let's see who finishes this the best way. First of all, you shouldn't be involved with people that you've got to change everything about you in order to make them feel comfortable. So I think everything in moderation. Next caller. Hi, Mr. Todd and Miss Julie. This is Patrick from Marquette, Michigan. Love all you guys, and especially now being able to, to uh, have your podcast to listen to. While I'm driving folks all over the country in one of those big 45-foot charter buses. So I have a comment and two questions. The comment basically is towards you, Todd. Thank you very much for continuing your dialogue all about addicts 
It's very important for people to understand it's an, actually it is a, a disease, and families shouldn't just give up on those people when they have it. But, sir, you're not a failure because you have never given up on him. You've succeeded as a parent because you've always kept up and stayed with him. The first question is, at what point in your marriage did you guys start realizing that we both have to compromise and can't, can't fight as much? Second question is, what is the biggest thing you guys still argue about or fight over even all these years? Thanks again, guys, and, um, and thank you, everybody. And um, if you ever come to Michigan, please let me know. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hi, Patrick from Michigan. It's too cold, Patrick, for me to come visit you in Michigan. It's too cold. <laughs> um, well, yes, I I don't believe that you should ever give up uh, when you've got a child that is sick and that is struggling. I don't think that you give up. I think that as a parent, you're a parent for a lifetime. You don't have to agree with what your children do, but you're still their parent. You still love them. And in some cases, you have to love a child from afar because you know that that child has reached a limit that it's become so toxic for them that the toxicity wears off on everyone around them. And you have to step out of it and say, God, I'm giving this child back to you. And you have to truly put your faith in God and say, Lord, I'm asking you to give me the guidance on what I need to do in order to move forward with this relationship. When did Julie and I feel like, at what point in our marriage did we feel like that? What was the question that, that the fighting was not that we are that we stopped fighting is that what oh it was? lord honey we, honey, still, we still fight, fight. I think that the thing that we fight most about is the same thing that most men fight most about is sex. I mean, you know, I think that Julie should be more interested in sex than what she is today. Oh, my God. But, um, no, honestly. No, th- that is honest. Let's be for real. No, we're going to be I, for real. We are being for real. I think what we fight the most over is Todd feels like that he is not appreciated that he works so hard, and he does. Todd is the hardest working person I have ever met in my entire life. I have never met anyone who works harder than what he does. When everyone else is sleeping, Todd is working, and I have always given him that credit. Um, But, you know, I think... I think complacency is the correct word that sometimes, and, I, and I'm guilty of this, that I think we get complacent. We push our marriage to the bottom of the barrel because everything else on the top is what's screaming at us, whether it's our families, whether it's our kids, whether it's our finances, whether it's our jobs. And then we give each other whatever we got left. And there's a lot of times there's nothing left or we feel like there's nothing left. I so I think sex. it's not prioritizing our relationship. What do you think? I think that you just hit the nail on the head. I think that it comes down to, I think that guys view a relationship and they view love and they view the stability of their relationship based on the physical aspect of the relationship. Women view the stability of their relationship on the emotional stability. And I think that, you know, you have to always make sure that you're connecting and reconnecting. And as a man, you need to feed your wife emotionally and psychologically. And as a woman, you know, you need to feed your man physically and and emotionally and psychologically. So, I mean, men are kind of more, we need that self-assurance. We need that ego boost. So I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, you know, a lot of people 
You know, I remember years ago, you know, I was diagnosed with having fibromyalgia. And what was that in 2012, 11 so. or 12? 11 or 12. 2011 or 2012, I don't, I don't remember. But I was diagnosed as having fibromyalgia. And this goes back to the other caller that we had earlier talking about medication and being an addict. I remember them putting me on medication, Patrick, and it made me feel for the first time in my life like I just was not present in my life. It I, helped you with your symptoms, but it it made you feel so loopy. It stripped me of my drive. Yeah. It stripped me of my thrill of being alive. And I ended up having to go to a doctor that helped tell me, you, you got to come off of this medicine because the, you know this is what's doing it to you. And we're going to try other natural holistic approaches. And we're going to do these kind of breathing techniques. And, you know, through that, I mean, it did help me. Now, I still am symptomatic of fibromyalgia and I still suffer sometimes, you know, with pain you know, throughout my body. But I have found that the more that I move around and the more active I stay, the less the symptoms are. But it also, without the medication, it has allowed me to live my life and to live my life to the best of my ability and to perform to the best of my ability, whether that be as a father, as a husband, as a son, as a friend, as an entertainer, what have you. So I think that as you get older, you know, you go through different things and you start reprioritizing what matters the most. Absolutely. So I think that our fights in the very beginning were fueled with being 26 and 21. And, you know, you both are like young and you're like, I don't need this. I can do this and I can do that. Julie never fought with me. And I was a fighter and she wasn't a fighter. You know, she would let me say what I wanted to say. And she went on about her business because she knew it wasn't going to change what she was going to do anyway. And I was so dumb that I thought that I was, you know, kind of influencing her decision making skills when in reality she was just she was just bending mine. So I hope that that answers your question, Patrick. Next caller, please. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Chrisley. Um, I first of all want to say that I love your show and I've been watching since the very beginning. and I love your podcast. Um. My question for you today is, uh, I'm 19, and I'm from Arkansas, and I'm a Christian, and I try to be a good, classy, moral person. Uh, my question for y'all is, what advice can you give for Christians beginning to date? I'm not perfect, but I try to be the best that I can, and it seems hard to find somebody with the same moral standards that I uphold. So any advice you guys can give would be appreciated. Thanks. Bye. First of all, I'd like to say how proud I am of you for calling in, how proud I am of you for standing up for your beliefs and trying to do the right thing. And I think you said it. You said, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. And dating out here, I would hate the thoughts of having to date in 2019. But I will tell you, find a good church. Churches today, especially in larger cities and bigger cities, they have great small groups with young adults who believe the same, who want the same, and who come together and do things that where you can have fun and you don't have to be out here doing things that you know aren't right. So what I would tell you is surround yourself with like-minded people. That is the key. If you surround yourself with like-minded people, those are the people that are going to be attracted to you and that you're going to attract. So kudos to you. I'm so proud of you. And let us know how it goes. Next caller, please. Um, yes, my name is Christina, and I live in Tennessee. And I have a question for you, Todd. My boyfriend and I have been together for going on 10 years, 
2019. And I was just wondering what exactly can I do for him to marry me? He's been married before, and I haven't ever been married, and I will be 31 in January. Um, yes, if you could just answer that, and uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Girl, you got the 10-year challenge going. No, she ain't got no 10-year challenge. She's given this man 10, 10 of her best years. And what you need to understand, darling— that men are only going to do what is expected. They're not even going to do what's expected of them. They're going to do exactly what they're allowed to do and what they're allowed to get by with. So if you were my daughter, I would have I would have never condoned you moving in with this man and living with him for 10 years. Because if he loved you good enough to be with you for 10 years as a girlfriend and as a live-in, then he loved he should love you enough to put a ring on it and make it permanent. You have been his housekeeper, his babysitter, his, uh, you know, bedmate, his cook. You, you, you've been everything for him except a wife, which is the thing that that is now bothering you. So I'm trying to figure out, A, why it's taken you 10 years for this to really set in to where it bothers you to this point, and B, why he wants to live with someone for 10 years that he's not willing to commit himself to for a lifetime. Absolutely. I totally agree. You couldn't have answered that better. But listen, girl, if he doesn't marry you, just know you can do it for yourself. So, so you know, Todd is the style master in our family. And I admit that's not my strong suit, but you know what? When you can admit that it's not your strong suit, you can truly find great things out there to help you. And for that, I actually signed up for Stitch Fix Box. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service. Is this where you got the clothes that was sent to you in the mail? Right, yes. It finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories to fit your body, budget, and lifestyle. You go to stitchfix.com slash cc and tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on each item. You'll be paired with your very own personal stylist who will handpick items to send right to your door. Then you try them on, pay only for what you love, and return the rest. Shipping exchanges and returns are always free, and there's no subscription required. You can sign up to receive scheduled shipments or get your fix whenever you want. Stitch Fix styling fee is only $20, which is applied toward anything you keep from your shipment. So get started now at stitchfix.com cc, and you'll get an extra 25% off when you keep all items in your box. That's stitchfix.com cc to get started today. Stitchfix.com cc as in Christly Confessions. So go try it. Listen, they will actually pick out what you like. I know sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to subscribe to something because I don't know what random thing I'm going to get. Doesn't work that way, folks. I signed up. It's super easy. I give them all my measurements, all my sizes, what I want to spend and what I'm looking for. I have my own personal stylist that actually handpicks the items for me. If I don't like them, if they don't fit good, I send them back. It's totally free. They send me something else. I mean, it's truly a win-win. So I urge you go to stitchfix.com slash cc. Next caller, please. Hi, Todd. Hi, Julie. My name is Laurel, and I'm from Whitehall, Pennsylvania. My question is probably more geared towards Julie. 
Um, Julie, when you were sick with, um, when you had breast cancer, did you ever feel at any point like you were maybe a burden on your family or like you were a burden on Todd even? And Todd, did you ever feel that way or any kind of resentment towards Julie when she was sick? And I'm asking because, um, in 2017, in January of 2017, I was 32 years old, and I went into kidney failure unexpectedly due to lupus. And my husband was working two jobs. Like I had to leave work because I was in the hospital for two months, and my husband was working two jobs, and he would come and visit me at the hospital every free moment that he had. Since then, I was lucky enough to receive a kidney transplant, and I'm doing well, um, but I feel the need to get back into work because I feel like I'm a burden or I've been a burden on my husband because of the hardships of him having to work two jobs, and we don't even have any children. It's just the two of us, um, but... Um, Transplant medication is very costly, and like I said, sometimes I feel like I'm a burden just because of my illnesses, and not only um, did I have kidney failure, but I also have lupus, and I also have type 1 diabetes, and I just feel like I bring on more hardships for my husband. Oh, huh. my gosh, Laurel. Well, let me start by saying. First question was, have you ever felt, felt like you were a burden to your Absolutely. Family? You did feel that way? Well, or? I feel that way even now because because in in my marriage, in our marriage, Todd's the worrier, and I'm not the worrier. And I do feel like sometimes it's a burden because I feel like he worries more about me than I worry about myself. I mean, I've always had this mentality that everything's going to be fine and we just keep plugging along and it's going to be good. So, yeah, there is a certain level of of that that I feel like, yes, I, it is a burden to you because it's not like you need one more thing to worry about, but to have to worry about me. So did he ever make me feel that way, though? No, I can honestly say he never, ever, ever made me feel that way. Todd was the best medical advocate, nurse, caretaker. I mean, I could not have found or asked or paid for a better companion medical advocate than what I had in him. But yes, I do think people, when they go through an illness like that, and yours, oh my gosh, is so much even worse than what, what I experienced because, you know what, yes, I had breast cancer, I went in, I had surgery, I had it removed, you know, I'm good, you know, they, you're still battling with, I mean, lupus is something that you have forever. Um, I actually have a really good friend who has lupus, so I, I'm a little bit um, familiar with that. So I would tell you that, you know what? Your husband married you for a reason. You married him for a reason. You guys are a partnership. Being in a marriage is not just when things are good, but it's when you're not healthy, when things are bad. And the tides could easily turn, and it could have been him. Amen. So don't allow yourself to feel that way. You, God knows, did not ask to have lupus, to have diabetes, to have to go through this with a kidney transplant. So 
I would tell you, do the best you can do. Support your husband in the ways that you can and know that he loves you. And if you're able to work and you feel like that's something you want to do, then I'm all for that. If it's medically, you're able to do that and you want to contribute. But, you know, there's so much other things you can do if you're not working outside the home. But working inside the home, making sure he feels needed, making sure he feels special, whether that's a meal or having, you know, his favorite dessert or, you know, taking the burden off things he would have to do in, around the house. So I'm going to let you go, Todd. Question for Todd was, did I ever feel like Julie was a burden? Never in my life did I feel like that she was a burden. I feel it was a blessing from God that I was given the ability to take care of my wife the way that I wanted her taken care of. And it took the level of love that I have for her to a whole other place that I never even knew existed. Because when you get married, you know, it's for, it's till death do you part. You're supposed to be there for each other and in and, and sickness and in health, you know, and whatever. You're supposed to stick together forever. And I was just grateful to God that he gave me the ability to learn and to to know Julie's illness and to research it and to make sure she had the very best medical care. I mean, I was proud. It, it gave me a sense of confidence that I could get through this. And there were nights that I would cry, that I would get in the shower and just sit there and cry and beg God not to take Julie, that, you know, regardless of what the outcome was, as long as you let her live and as long as we're together, I will be fine with whatever the outcome is. I'll take care of her until you call us both home, if that's what you require. So I never felt like she was a burden through her illness. Now, do I feel like she's a burden, you know, with car insurance and the accents that she has in tearing up cars? Yeah, she's a burden. Oh, my Do I feel gosh. like that she's a burden when she forgets half the things that she's supposed to be doing because of the, the medicine that she's on? Yes, that becomes a burden. Okay, so with that being said. Do I think she's a burden when she's not, you know, taking care of me, you know, in other ways? Yes. Okay, listen. Next caller, right. please. I think we have time for one more. Okay. Hi, Todd. Hi, Julie. This is Andrea. I'm from California. And I'm calling because I have, I just saw an episode of um, Christy Knows Best where Todd was um, struggling with insomnia. And that's what I'm struggling with right now, too. Plus anxiety, really bad. And I just wanted to know what did you do in order to start sleeping better? If you're still, if you're sleeping better. And, um, any tips you can give me? Thank you. Have a good one. Oh, my gosh. Andrea in California. Todd does struggle with insomnia. He he has struggled with insomnia for years. It's actually one of the um, symptoms, of symptoms of fibromyalgia. But, you know, I would say he has a I know this sounds crazy, but he has this blanket that he sleeps under. That has been amazing. It has. And, uh, you know, I think for Todd, it's being able to disconnect for a moment. It's turning the phone off, turning the lights off, the television off, and truly just putting it down. Because I have noticed when he does that, Todd's almost like a baby that fights sleep. You know, he, he has so much going on, his mind's racing, and he gets to this point where he's exhausted, but he thinks that, oh my gosh, I still have this work to do, and I can't put it down, knowing it's going to be fine, you can wait till tomorrow, but he won't do that. And so he fights it. So I've noticed when he when he puts those things away, when he turns the television off, when he puts the phone away, it, 
I can look over there and he'll be asleep within minutes. Well, that's probably when I've taken three melatonin. <sighs> um, I do have this blanket that I sleep under and it's made blankwell and it truly has helped me. It has helped me to stay still at night. It's kind of taken off. I maybe it's maybe some of the edge of the, you know, whatever I'm dealing with. So yeah, he's got that thing doubled on his side. I do because now listen, everyone knows that Judy and I fight over the thermostat. No, she will not sleep under any covers. I have to have how many quilts do I have? Oh my God, he literally has probably five quilts, and I might have a sheet. Literally, I can just look at him and literally just sweat starts pouring off me. It's disgusting. And I look at her and I literally start aching from the pain of freezing. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I hope that that helps you. But I mean, you know, it. listen, people that suffer from insomnia, it's hard to get someone like Julie who could literally be standing in a crowded well, I know, restaurant but and you fall know, I asleep. I wasn't that way. Remember after I ha- was diagnosed with breast cancer and I had the um, double mastectomy and then I had... Uh, my hysterectomy mm-hmm. and then a uh, life 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 um it was like a year and a half remember i didn't sleep right. and it was horrible for the first time Welcome in my life i world. got this little inkling of what todd had goes through it is awful so listen my you know try it though just try unplugging try you know, trying to put yourself in a quiet place, try to relax, turn the TV off, turn the lights off, put everything away. Just see if it helps. I mean, because it is horrible. And if it, it doesn't, horrible. take three melatonin. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. so with that being said, that's all the time that we have today. And I know there's lots of other callers that we did not get to, but we're going to keep trying to work through as many as we can each week. We only have this limited amount of time. Please don't give up on us, guys. We are going to get to every one of them. We do thank each and every one of you for tuning in each week. You pushed us all the way to number one this past Yay! week with Chase. Oh, don't oh, oh, I don't get to take credit for no, that No, you one. don't because that was your son. Okay. So I'll no, let him have it. Number one this past week in podcasts uh, in the top 200, I think, in Friends and Family is our location mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, we're always grateful. And we're very grateful that each and every one of you tune in each week for Chrissy Knows Best on USA Network on Tuesday nights. I think the kids' spinoff starts in April. April. Growing up Chrissy. And... You know, we are currently in production right now on season seven, and we have so many things coming up in the very, very near future that I hope that each and every one of you will be as excited about as what our family is. So from our home and hearts to your home and hearts, we love each and every one of you. We'll see you next week. And until next Wednesday, good luck and God bless. See you.